You are listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Senior Pastor Kelly Fellows. Bless the Lord. Well, you know, God has some good things that he's been speaking to us. Um, And so I want to just jump straight back into it. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Easter at the end of the message, but I want to I want to continue on in this series of messages that the Lord has placed on my heart called identity on the count of three. Let's all say identity. One, two, three. Identity. We started our identity series with I am statements, the I am statement that God spoke at the very beginning uh, when he, when Moses had asked him, who should I say is sending me forth to see deliverance? God said, I am Yahweh. <gasps> he said, I am. And we read these I am statements, the identity statements all the way through scripture. And when Jesus was asking his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, who do you say that I am? This question was foundational to who we are because of who he is. Who do you say Jesus is? Who you say Jesus is gives you your identity. Take a look on the screen. His identity gives me identity. Let's put that up there on the screen, would you? His identity gives me identity. Remember that? And the the truth of this is found in the theme scripture that has been our theme for this series, and it's from Acts chapter 17, verse 28. And we're going to put it on the screen, and I want all of us to say it together. Uh, Let's read it together. Let's fill this atmosphere with God's word and charge it with God's word. Ready? Begin. In him, we live and move and have our being. That him is Jesus Christ, and that being is our identity, who we are. Because he is, then I am. And then the next level of that is, and then we are. We together, corporately, the body of Christ. Last week we discovered that we are one body. Like the human body with many parts working together, we are one body working together. Pastor Jared said to me earlier this morning uh, when we were here, you know, making preparations, he said, you know something, Pastor Kelly, that I thought was rather interesting last week, when we talk about the body, that we are the body of Christ, how important it is for us to come together regularly and do things corporately because a hand by itself can't accomplish a whole lot. And if a foot's over here and a hand is over there and the nose is down the street and the, and the legs are maybe in the other state, they can't accomplish anything. But when they all come together, when they work together as one body, then they can accomplish great things. Today, I want to unpack that just a little bit more. We've just got a few minutes here this morning, but I want to unpack what Jesus asked his disciples and what Peter said as he answered the question of who do you say I am? I want to jump back into Matthew chapter 16. If you're a note taker, open up your life journals. On the top, here's what I want you to write. Here's the title of the message. Craig is always waiting for me to say those words. The title of today's message is, we are the church. We are the church. Matthew chapter 16. Take a look on the screen with me, would you? Simon Peter answered after Jesus asked him that question, He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, 
you are blessed. I want to pause there before we move any further. Because of Simon Peter's revelation and understanding of who Jesus is, Jesus says, oh, you're blessed. You're blessed. Why is he blessed? Because he gets it. He gets God's identity. And now his identity is going to be formed, his new identity. You are blessed, Simon, son of John or Johnson, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, how significant the name change was. Simon's new name from Simon to Peter. His new identity in Jesus Christ. His past exploits, his past reputation was in the past. And now moving forward, he would be a rock. A rock. Jesus concluded this declaration statement that he spoke over Peter with this phrase, which is so important for us today. Take a look. It's Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He says, let's all read this together. Ready? Begin. I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. We need to hear that. We need to hear that. What was Jesus talking about when he said, I will build my church? Now, of course, when we hear the word build and church together, we usually think about a building, right? Take a look on the screen. Some of us, when we think about a church, we kind of think maybe, oh, a church is a building kind of like this, uh, or maybe it's some sort of religious organization. When you hear the word church, what do you think of? What do you think of? Some of us would think of these kinds of things, a religious organization, a building. And, and you know what? Those two definitions in our modern English language today, that's okay. It's okay to relate that word church to these things as well. There are a lot of words in the English language, right, that have multiple meanings. Isn't that right? Like park. You go and uh, the, there's a little P in your, on your, uh, your gear shifter, right? What does the P stand for? Come on, let's all talk it together. What does it mean? Well, it means you're putting your car into a stationary position so that it will not move. That's what park means, right? Or you go park your car. Well, what does that mean? It means you're going to a location and then you're going to throw it into the park and then you're going to let it be in a stationary manner. But if you want to go have fun on a nice sunny day and throw a ball around, where do you go to play? At the park. That's right. That's completely different than what you're doing with your car. See, the word park has multiple meanings. Well, the word play. The play also has multiple meanings, right? That's something you go do at the park. You know, you go play, or you go throw the, the disc. Uh, you play golf, uh, disc golf. You play a game. But you can also go to a theatrical presentation. And what's that called? A play. A play, that's right. So there's multiple meanings to our English words. The English word for church also has multiple meanings. It can mean a location, a building, or an organization or a group of people. And that's okay. It's okay to have that meaning. But I want to I give you a little insight today that I believe that there's higher values to the definition of church. Not that any are bad or good, but there are higher values. 
All right. The Greek word that we read in the New Testament, the original Greek word is ecclesia. That's what Jesus, the word that Jesus referenced. And the definition of ecclesia is a gathering or body of people, an assembly. When the Jewish listeners were listening to Jesus speaking in their language, they would have understood this to mean a congregation. Upon this rock, I will build my people, my congregation. It was further understood, as, as theologians have defined it, it represented those specific people that were called out and separated, those people that were called on purpose. You see, Paul refers to this in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, that we, that is us, the followers of Jesus Christ, are the body, the collection of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says that Jesus gives gifts to the church, his collection of followers. Later in the book of Revelation, the apostle Paul or the apostle John is commanded by Jesus to write down these visions and send them to seven ecclesias, seven churches, seven congregations. And there in Revelation chapter 1, verse 11, here's what it says. John heard Jesus say these words, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. It was directed to a body believers in a particular location. So, our English word for church, defining a building, a gathering place, that's a good definition. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to church. That's okay. That's one definition of that. A church organization, a, a body, an organization that is working for God on his purposes, I think that's a better definition. Okay? A church that is the living body, the hands and feet of Jesus, I think that's the best definition. You see, I see that there's a good, a better, and a best definition of church. And for our modern experience, I feel that's how we can understand what the Bible means for us today. I would say it like this. Going to church is good. Turn to somebody and say that. Going to church is good. Go ahead and say that. Going to church is good. It is good. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. Say this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You see, we're encouraged to gather together. To, to go to church. Why? Because it's there that we can encourage one another, to support one another, to motivate one another. I tell you, some Sundays I'm coming up here and I'm tired and I'm driving to church, but I tell you, as soon as everybody starts showing up, there's something that happens inside of me. When I see you park your car over there in the parking structure and you start walking across the street, man, I just get charged because God's people are coming together. Supporting, encouraging one another, praying for one another, worshiping together. Pastor Jared said it. He goes, you know, the favorite kids are the ones on the inside. Because we're all gathering together, all worshiping together. There's something about, I'm sorry, all you in the tent. We love you too. We love you too. And those of you that are online, we're all family. But we're praying together. 
It's also a very positive and good habit that we should be in, right? Once a week, at least once a week, stop whatever you're doing. Stop your routine. Stop your busyness. Stop your stress and come and be refreshed together, gathering together. I tell you, it's so important. We can become spiritually unhealthy if we miss meeting together. Let me explain what I mean. Um, I recently moved into a new house. I've, I shared with you, many of you, the story of getting this new house. And uh, we moved in November from uh, September, October, and November, we were remodeling the house, so I was really busy. Every free moment, I was there trying to renovate the house, and then in November, we moved in, so we spent all that time moving. Y'all know what that's like, right? You're trying to find places to put the things they're supposed to go, and oh, by the way, that's broken too, so let's fix that. And so I would, I spent through December and January trying to get the house finished, even while we were living in it. And here's what happened. I had a really good routine before we moved of exercise. Every day I walked two miles. I would do kind of, a, I was building up to a walking and a jogging so that I would jog three of the days and then I would walk the other days. I was doing some good physical calisthenics kind of thing, building my heart, building my lungs. Do you know when we started remodeling the house? I just didn't have time for it anymore because the house is important, right? I got, I got to have a house. No, nobody would fault me for not exercising. Well, you're getting plenty of exercise while you're there at the house, right? You're lifting drywall and you're getting exercise there. And so I justified not exercising because I was remodeling the house, right? It's good. It's good. It's good. What I'm doing is important. Well, then we moved into the house and well, you know, I, I don't have my regular path. At my old house, I knew where I was going to walk. I knew where I would run and I, and I just don't have my regular path anymore. And so I, I'm confessing as your pastor, I've gotten out of my exercise routine. And as a result, I've gained more weight. My energy level is low and my sleep is not as good as it used to be. And you know why? Because I'm not in the habit of exercising. Very practical, right? And yesterday I went out for a walk and I was like, I must do this every single day. I need to do this. I need to have this routine so that I'll sleep better so that I drop the weight and keep it and maintain a good weight, so that I have energy throughout the day. I know this. I just have to do it. I have to go work out. I have to go exercise. You see, church is the same way. We get out of the habit. Oh, well, I'm doing this over here, and that's good. That's good. I'm okay. I'm hanging out with other people. I'm, I'm with my family, because family is good, right? I'm with my family. We have a family gathering. Yes, that's all good. But when we get out of the habit of meeting together, then something starts to happen in us where we're missing something. And it's hard to put our finger on it. Going to church is good. And I want to encourage you in that. Matter of fact, um, I was talking to a young man new to Jesus. He was in his 20s, new to say, he said yes to Jesus. He goes, okay, Pastor Kelly, what's the first thing I need to do? I said, well, the first thing you need to do is get into church regularly or else you're gonna go right back into the things you were doing before. It's kind of like AA, right? You gotta meet together or else you're gonna fall off the wagon or is it fall on the wagon? I always miss what that means, off the wagon. You're gonna fall off the wagon, which it doesn't make sense to me, but anyways. You fall off the wagon, you're gonna get back into the things you're gonna be back. You have to meet together. You have to have that support one another. We find, and I tell this young man, hey, you gotta get into a church, very first thing. 
And even if you only go to church once a month, okay, that's a good goal, and then make it twice a month, and then make it every week. Why? Because you need it. It's good. It's good. The second thing, take a look at this. Doing church is better. Let's all say that together. Ready to begin. Doing church is better. What do I mean by that? Well, let me tell you this. Ephesians chapter 4, I referenced it earlier. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12 say, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Y'all know your pastor's a gift, right? I just want y'all to read that. Did you read that? Yeah. It's a little plug for pastors. Anyways, <laughs> their responsibility, all of us, is to equip God's people to do his work. Everybody say work. It's to do his work and build up the church, comma, the body of Christ. You see, doing church is doing the work of the gospel. That is equipping people, doing the words, and each of us playing a part in that. You see, you may not be the pastor, but God may be using you as a teacher, as an evangelist, as a prophet, as an apostle. We have some simple ways that we do church here. The people who show up here, like Dino and Frank and, and Matthew and others who show up here at 5, oh, dark 30 in the morning and start setting everything up on Sundays, they're doing church. They're doing church. The hospitality people who get out here and make those delicious donuts for you. Well, they don't make them, but they cut them and place them so that they can present them to you. How many of y'all appreciate the coffee every single Sunday morning? Come on. Yeah, come on. They're doing church. They're doing church. They're serving the body of Christ. They're helping you get equipped to hear the word of God. The people who run the media in the back. Everybody turn around and wave at our young people back in the back. Come on. Yeah. They help you hear the word of God. They help people online hear the word of God. The people out under the tent so you can hear the word of God. They're doing church. We have to do church. That's even better than just going to church. James chapter 1 says two things about doing church. Take a look what it says. James chapter 1, verse 22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do. Everybody say do. Do, do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. See, God wants you to be a doer. Not just a hearer, but a doer also. Do church. Later on, he says in James 1.27, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Going to church is good, and we celebrate that. Doing church is better, and that is doing the work. But you know the highest value, here it is, that third thing. Take a look on the screen. Being the church is best. You hear that? See, going to church, that's good. Doing church, that's better. Being the church, that's best. That's best. Being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to a hurting world. And not just on Sunday, but on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and into Sunday. Being the voice of truth and hope and love in a world that is full of noise and fear, hate and deceit. That's what being the church is. It's something we can be every day. Be the church at work and at play. When you operate at work as a man or a woman of integrity, 
you're being the church. When you're representing Jesus Christ at the, at the sports event and you want to cuss out the ref, but you hold your tongue, you're being the church. Interpersonally, on a day-to-day -day basis, interacting and looking for people needs. That's being the church. Not just going through life selfishly trying to gather and take and be and acquire and accumulate and build, but saying, how can I help? How can I help? Looking for people's needs and being quick to do it. I love it. I was out with a couple on Friday night, an uh, elder couple in our church, and we were walking through, uh, we were walking through the Irvine Spectrum after dinner, and a lady walked up to us, and I had my head on my phone because I was trying to find a picture, and I couldn't hear what she said. But the next thing I know, I turned around and looked, and there was this friend of mine, I won't name his name right now, pulling out his wallet and handing a lady $10, putting his wallet away and going away and going on their way. I said, what happened? He goes, oh, the lady said she, she was hurting and she needed something. He saw a need, and he immediately met that need. Now, we don't know what that lady did with that. And yes, can people take advantage of you? Absolutely. But the question is, are you willing to be the church and meet people's needs right where they're at? In our community, standing up for righteousness is important. That's being the church, standing up for right, standing up for those that don't have a voice, standing up for those that may not have the power to make change in their lives. In America, and this isn't going to get political, but I am going to make a statement here. In America, we have a privilege. And that privilege is the ability to vote. The ability to influence what our government does. Now, I know many of us in here would go, man, our government is doing all sorts of funky things that I have no power over. No, you do have power. Our government in America was designed to be a government for the people, by the people. Now, it doesn't always work that way. But I can tell you, you still have the ability to influence through your vote and through contacting your, your assembly people, men and women, your Congress men and women. You have the right to do that, to contact them and say, hey, I don't like this law that's passing. As a member of body of Christ, we have the responsibility to stand up for righteousness. And we can and do when we vote and contact our, con our government representatives. If you don't speak up, and laws are passed that are counter to God's ways, then we're the ones responsible for those laws having passed. Oftentimes, my wife, who works in the public school sector, there are things that happen, and parents get all mad about it as she's a school administrator. And, and, and the reality is, these laws passed back in Sacramento. And so the, the Power is contact your government authorities, contact your government representatives and talk to them. By the time it gets to the schools, it's already a law. So we need to be involved in that. Dozens of new assembly bills are passed every single year here in California. This year, many California bills were brought forward that have taken away parental rights and the protection of unborn children. We have a right. We have a responsibility as the church to let our voice be heard and vote. Contact your government representatives. Being the church means proactively being aware of and voting on and speaking into issues that support biblical values. 
One of those ways, because sometimes people go, well, Pastor Kelly, I don't even know where do I find out what assembly bills are passing and what do they talk about? I have a website that I go to called CaliforniaFamily.org. California Family, just one word, CaliforniaFamily.org. And I go there and I read about the new assembly bills that are, that are being proposed, the new laws that are being proposed in Sacramento. And I read up on them so that I can then contact my representative so that I can vote saying, I agree with this or I disagree with that. Be the church. Be the church. We are the church. So take a look on the screen one more time. Going to church is good. Let's all say going to church is good. One, two, three. Going to church is good. Come on now. Doing church is better. One, two, three. Doing church is better. And then finally, last but not least, being the church is the best. Let's all say it together. One, two, three. Being the church is the best. Tatiana, come on up here. Come on up. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And here's what you need to hear as we close. Mm, mm, mm. I want to dance. Because of what Jesus said, I will build my church. My church. You are Jesus' church. Every one of you that says Jesus is my Lord and Savior, you are part of his church. And what did Jesus say? The gates of hell have no power over that church. You see, things may get funky. Things may get rough. Things may get difficult. But the promise of Jesus is the power of hell has no power over my church. We are the church. And when things get rough, you don't have to freak out because as we come together as the body of Christ, the gates of hell have no power over his church. You need to hear that. You need to hear that. We are the church. Would you pray with me, Father God, in Jesus' name? We thank you, O oh Lord God, that when Jesus Christ came to this earth, he paid the price to redeem us from sin. He died on the cross of Calvary to pay for our sin. He rose from the dead proving that he is God and that he conquered sin and death. And he said that he would build his church we are the church. We are your body here on earth, representing you, O oh Lord God, being your hands and feet of healing and salvation, bringing that saving word of hope to a broken world, standing for righteousness, being a voice for those that don't have a voice. We are your church. And Lord, I, I accept that responsibility I accept that privilege and I accept that calling to be your hands and feet in this generation. Will you make that your prayer this morning? God, I accept the responsibility. I accept the privilege. I accept the calling to be your hands and feet in this generation. Now, Holy Spirit, mobilize us mobilize us to be a, an army of love, to be a, a movement of healing and salvation, to be a body that helps restore and redeem. This is my prayer here this morning. Would you pray for us as a church? Come on. I want you to pray not only for yourself, but pray as we say we are refinery that means we are his body. God, use us, work in us, and through us.
in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.